This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello, and welcome to Episode 5 of Matt's World. A little bit of a different vibe in this week's episode. This is because in place of my usual mental friends, we have our first expert, or should I say sexpert, guest, Alice Broster. Alice is a sex and relationships journalist who has written for multiple publishers in her time, including Bustle and Forbes. We chat about how a career in writing on sex and relationship begins, the way dating has changed over the last 10 years, the most unusual dating trends and strangest stories Alice has come across in her work, and what it was like to chat with Louis Theroux on consent. We also share a couple of our worst date stories and answer some of your questions that have come through, which is very exciting. Don't forget to rate, review and subscribe if you enjoyed the show and get in touch with me on at madsworld.mp3 on Instagram um, with any thoughts you've got. Our chat is quite juicy, so I'll let you enjoy the discussion. Hello, Alice. Hi. How are you going? I'm good, thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, this is so exciting. You're my first non-friend guest. I mean, <laughs> we, we're yet to be friends, but um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, like first specialist, I suppose. So thank you so much for joining the show. So I guess to give uh, the listeners a little bit of context, we can start with our speed date round. So this one's going to be a little bit different to the normal speed date round because you're a different kind of guest. So I thought um, we could tailor the questions like that. How did you start out writing about sex and relationships and what made you want to pursue it as a career? So I've always been quite open and like interested in sexuality. So like I am that friend who's like begging for more details when someone's been on a date. Yeah, yeah. And I was told I needed a niche when I finished my degree and I fancied myself a bit of a, bit of a Carrie Bradshaw. Oh, yeah. So I started a blog. <laughs> it did not work out like that, by the <laughs> way. Um, but I started a blog and then I started trying to get other pictures with like publications and it kind of I was trying to push myself 
to write about things that I considered to be more highbrow. Yeah. And it just wasn't like it just wasn't landing. It wasn't what I was interested in. And I was like, well, if you're gonna, if this is what you're interested in, then sort of lean into it. And totally. I think it's like it's what everyone wants to talk about, isn't it? It's interesting. Exactly. And I think as well, um, something I'm learning with doing this podcast is the importance of authenticity and just mm. doing creative things that are actually what you're interested in. So mm. I've kind of had some ideas for different episodes and that kind of thing. And it always comes back to stuff me talking about passionately about stuff that I actually care about and connecting with different people. And mm. so, yeah, it's it's interesting that you say that it was most effective when um, you're writing about stuff that you actually enjoyed talking to girlfriends about or reading about or that kind of thing. Cause that's, yeah, that's exactly what I'm learning with the podcast. So, um, how do you do your research in the sex and relationships field? Uh, yeah, so I think my biggest sort of source of knowledge and sort of resources have been um, experts and sort of sex therapists and things like that. Because I think mm-hmm. because everyone can have sex and can go in, into relationships, you think that you know answers when maybe you don't. You assume yeah. that you know. You assume you have your own expertise because you know how the way you do things, but maybe that's not. Yeah. It's not the case for everybody at all. Yeah, 100%. And I think, yeah, talking to so many different people on the podcast has made me realise that as well and hearing, um, I mean, everything's mm. subjective, isn't it, when um, it comes to sex and relationships because everyone's had their own experiences mm. and they're all so different. Sure. But, yeah, um, so what, what are some of the best books that you've ever read about sex and relationships? So alongside all of that expert advice that um, you do when you're doing your research, have you read any really great books? I can link them in the in the episode description as well for everyone there's a podcast that I listen to called the hotbed collective um, and they brought out a book called more orgasms please and it was kind of one of the first books I'd ever read that kind of was specifically about um like female pleasure and why it matters and the fact that obviously orgasms are good for you as well as obviously being important Mm -hmm. um so that was a really um that was kind of a really great book and also come as you are by I'm going to butch her name but dr emily nagoski and again it's about like the sort of even like it's kind of rooted in science really but it's it's about kind of how important it is to have a good sex life and the fact that everybody deserves to have a good sex life okay great um yeah i'll link them in the in the episode description for everyone but yeah that's that's really great thank you and um how has dating and sex changed over the last five to ten years in your opinion i think it had the horrible realization the other day that i've been dating for a decade so i was like <laughs> oh my god ancient um but um i think the obvious answer is obviously dating apps mm-hmm. i think they've really um changed the game maybe for better maybe for worse I don't know but um I think ghosting now is obviously a thing that maybe wasn't the case a decade ago or certainly a decade ago and the kind of navigating relationships I think this it's much more blurred now it's not a case of you go on three good dates you become exclusive everything's very clear-cut I think now it's there's a whole you've got to have the chat you've got to like you've got to connect there's got to be chemistry some people think you know some people have rules about when you sleep together obviously some people don't yeah there's a lot of ambiguity isn't there for sure and I think also people don't talk about it so what might be right for you might not be right for the other person it may leave you thinking oh they're not into me or they're too keen it's just difficult it's really hard it's so hard to navigate isn't it (laughs) Mm. has the research you've done and the articles you've written for um, bustle and amongst other titles as well has that changed the way that you view sex and relationships and does your work influence your own dating life yeah I think so I think I'm very I'm not super good at communicating my feelings if it's uncomfortable Mm -hmm. and I think my work has taught me that like not much 
like pretty much everything can be solved with a cup of tea and a good chat like whatever it is it's always good to communicate it um and I think there's also it's taught me there's a lot of toxic traits that we accept as normal or romantic when actually it's you know it's they can be sort of borderline abusive and I think looking back on my past relationships there is a lot of stuff that I accepted as normal behavior when actually it really wasn't and it's not something that people should accept yeah hindsight's twenty twenty, isn't it when you look back on stuff oh, yeah. you can <laughs> see things so clearly but um yeah it's it's interesting I mean I've definitely had a similar experience looking back on my um, past relationship from last year where I was cheated on and um, yeah things didn't mm. really end that well I think in the moment it's so subjective and you're just so immersed in the feeling of everything and then you can look back on it and think that's what my friends were talking about. And if I can just treat myself Mm. the way that my friends do and care about yourself the way your friends care about you, you would do things so differently. But um, yeah, so I think another thing I'm really realizing, because as of uh, today, I'm 73 days sober, um, I'm Mm. realizing, like, I love how you said you can solve things over a cup of tea and a chat. Because for me at the moment, normally in the past, it would be over a pint and a chat. And I would be, you know, it's kind of like the social lubrication that you get. And it's a lot easier to say things, um, say what you really mean and that kind of thing. But now that I am sort of forced to deal with emotions and deal with my feelings and relationships in a sober space it it is it's very challenging to speak mm. to people and say what i really mean without being embarrassed or being shy or being afraid and yeah i think that's it's really great if you can um yeah sit down have a cup of tea and chat about things but it it also can be really challenging mm. and i think it's interesting that you say that cuz i think so much of dating culture now is surrounded by going for a drink and making sure you have that one glass mm-hmm. of wine before you go for dutch mm-hmm. courage mm-hmm. in reality like that can obviously like that can be really difficult yeah like and it can lead you to i know myself last year i had a lot of other stuff going on in my life and it led me to i like went on a few dates whatever um every day I would go on and end up like wasted mm-hmm. like and it wasn't even like a bit tipsy yeah. it was like I was drunk I, I could have gone to the club <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> I was ready yeah um and it's sort of it's hard to then look at yourself and think like oh like maybe maybe that's not the way and that's really hard I think there's been dates when I was drinking too much on a date and maybe they showed up and initially I wasn't really interested but as the date goes on and you get drunker your inhibitions loosen up you're like oh maybe I do like them and then it kind of Mm. like leads to xyz and you're sort of like was I making that decision in the right headspace and you can wake up the next day and think that that wasn't even me I didn't even really want to do that sort of thing and um Mm -hmm. yeah it's interesting I've been on a few sober dates and I'm I'm planning to do an episode about sober dating with someone who is an ex um alcoholic and cocaine addict and um they've turned it around Mm -hmm. and they're over a year sober now and just the difference between dating sober and yeah dating or drinking not that I've got anything against it but I just think for me it was a bit a, a bit of a rabbit hole so so this is where we're going to get to some of the the juicy stuff. So what is um, some of the most unusual dating trends that you've come across in your work and your research? Um, earlier this year, um, I was a massive fan of fleabag. And earlier this year, I heard of the term fleabagging. Ooh. So obviously I was like, ooh, what is this? Yeah. And apparently it's when you consistently date the wrong person. Oh. So I was like, okay, I see that. Yeah. Um, and a, f- a friend actually we were talking earlier um a few weeks ago and she said that she'd been carnied and I was like <laughs> sorry like what and she was talking to a boy that was excessively into himself and I was like I like that I'm gonna take 
that will be mine. <laughs> That's stunning. Imagine that you're that influential that you have a <laughs> a dating style named after you. Imagine getting getting Alice or getting married. <laughs> oh God, I hope it would only be positive. <laughs> I know. I feel like it never would be if it had been named after something, though. There's not many of those trends that are positive, is there? Oh, God, no. Absolutely not. Oh, so Fleabagged. I love that. Yeah, Fleabag is um is a stunning show. I think that mm. I saw the other day that last scene where um in the last episode with the priest where she tells him she loves him, and I, I think I cried at a meme. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like I don't know how she did it. But I like oh. it's the last scene that gets me out. It's so funny and so brutal throughout the whole thing. And then that last scene, I'm like, oh, God. Oh, it's fantastic, isn't it? I think it definitely mm. deserves a rewatch. Um, oh, so yeah. this is a good one. What is the strangest story that you've heard <laughs> through your work? And feel free to um, tell more than one. I spoke to someone for a piece. I think it was at the end of last year. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was a, we were talking about when's the right time to call mm-hmm. off a date. So is it ever excusable to walk out of a date? Things like that. And then she'd gone on a double date with a friend. Her friend had set it up. And Mm. while her friend was having a lovely time with this guy she was with, um, Mm. her date spent the whole night sort of, he was talking about the drugs he takes on like the regular, which that's your thing, that's fine, but I'm just not sure it's date chat. Um, yeah, first date chat as well. It's yeah, like, you know, give it a few dates before you let on that you know you're a massive heroin addict. <laughs> Bold, um, <laughs> and his like past sexual exploits. Like you went into like great detail about kind of the girls he'd oh. slept with and things like that, which I just think is very disrespectful and charming. Yeah, and then um, really flirting very very heavily with the waitress to the point that she was quite un- um, uncomfortable. So apparently, to be at oh the table, God. it was quite uncomfortable. Um, and at the end of the day, she kind of assumed they both understood that neither of them were interested in each other and it had gone badly. Mm-hmm. And it was just a funny story for her. And he messaged her and was like, you're so wonderful. I had such a lovely night with you. I, I know it's a bit quick, but like, I really am really into you. I must see you again. And she was like, like, we'll be on a different date. <laughs> we're oh at different tables. <laughs> This just comes back to that subjectivity thing. Like people can view situations so differently, can't they? Literally. It's insane. And like, oh, just wow. she was like, he can't have read the room because she was actively yeah. uncomfortable. So was the waitress, and so was the other couple. Oh my god! Like just not, yeah, not in the same room, not on the same date Literally. at all. <laughs> Um, and then the other one that springs to mind is over earlier in the summer, I spoke to someone who we were talking about, do you, can you only date people with the similar political opinions to you? And she said yeah. she'd gone on a date with a guy from Tinder. She works in music radio. He works at a bank. And he spent the whole night sort of critiquing her um, her work, basically saying that she was a bit messy, but he could help her and whatever, despite having no expertise in the area or whatever. And then um, a lot of her work is to do with bringing through female artists and black female artists specifically. And he said his passion would be to sort of speak for these black female artists specifically. And da, da, da. And she was like, well, don't you think it's more important to give them the platform themselves? And he basically blew up in the middle of this restaurant, like went from zero to 100, calling her a sexist, saying that oh she God. doesn't think that men should have opportunities and da 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 and she was like I don't understand what happened she had to walk out because he was shouting so loud she said it was so embarrassing oh my god you know what this reminds me of um of a date and I'm so glad you've brought up um dating people with different political opinions to you so I went out with a guy um our first date was at Simmons in Soho Mm. and 
the first clue should have been that we were quite different should have been when so a homeless guy came up to me it's quite common in Soho Mm. to get asked for money and that kind of thing and I thought um I could impress this guy by showing my humanitarian side (laughs) and being really generous and I was like of course like here have two pounds and like having a two pound coin is so rare like I never even have it and I gave it over and I was just like look at me and then he's like "Mm, don't you just think he's gonna spend it on drugs though and I was like oh not like this and that should have been my first clue but he was gorgeous like a rugby player really really like physically attractive Mm -hmm. and we went on probably four dates and it kind of didn't come up um, our political opinions and our you know fundamental values um, (laughs) until the fourth date and obviously we'd slept together by then and that was great and we were getting along really well and um, he then invited me to meet him at a members club where he was working so this was kind of clue one Mm -hmm. like I rocked up in my I think I was wearing jeans and trainers so like a fugly look (laughs) we were sitting there and because I mentioned that it was you know like in a bantery sort of way that it was kind of pretentious like where we were and Mm. that sort of thing and I looked around and I was like I'm just a fish out of water here and then we started talking about um, gay marriage because I think at this point it had just been legalized in Australia Mm. so this is a couple of years ago and he was like I just don't see why gay people need to get married and I was like Um, and my brother's gay. So at this point I had been like celebrating Mm -hmm. and, you know, like, like for my brother who's living in Australia, it was like a a huge deal. Like it's a huge deal for a lot of Australians. And, and I was kind of just like, I can't even, I don't even know where to begin with this conversation. And then, um, we just got into this huge debate about class and about race and about, and I'm just kind of like, you can't really have these such strong opinions when you come from such a place of privilege like Mm. he's quite wealthy he was white he's a young male I'm like you have I mean you're entitled to have your opinions and that kind of thing but do you think that you should feel so strongly about maybe things that you don't really understand like you're not really in a minority and he's just like oh what you think I've never been marginalized and I was like well (laughs) like not really and he goes well try being a dumb person who went to private school that's marginalized and I was like Oh my goodness. And I literally got up and walked out and he texts me afterwards. He's like, so good to see you, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, excuse me. (laughs) I can never hang out with him again. Like what? Oh, it was, yeah, it was, it was stunning really. So yeah, I think, um, Dating someone with different values to you is quite tricky because mm. you can have everything else in common. I don't know how it took so long for it to come up on the date, but but yeah, that was quite interesting. So our final question for Speed Date Round is who is the most interesting person you've met through your work? I've spoken to some like really interesting experts. I've managed to have some um, really interesting kind of conversations and stuff, but I did an interview with Louis Theroux last year and I'm a massive oh, Louis Theroux fan, so that was like a massive deal for me but we were talking about his um documentary on sexual assaults on university Mm. campuses um so we got to have this kind of big conversation about consent and what consent looks Mm. like and how to get it and why it's so important in 2020 and the effects that alcohol can have when gaining consent and stuff we just ended up having like a really big conversation about um Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 
it. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. How, especially at universities, there is a massive sort of endemic of abuse and um, mm. assaults and it's just not spoken about. Yeah, that's so exciting that you got to interview Louis through and yeah, really and um yeah so d- was the conversation that you had with him was it like what you what you expected or it sort of took a different turn then well it was interesting because I was I was interviewing him about the documentary but in true him fashion it ended up being like <laughs> he kept asking me <laughs> questions and I was like no Louis this is not how this works um <laughs> but yeah it was interesting he um he shared kind of a lot of interest in me I think it's difficult when you speak to other people about things like consent because it is mm. you worry that maybe they're not gonna have the same views or they're gonna mm-hmm. think there's gray areas or whatever and um, he was very interesting yeah. he said it made him reflect a lot on a lot of stuff in his life and the difference in sort of dating and relationships now and it was very interesting yeah the premise of the show is sharing our bad date stories and sort of normalizing mm. those so you told me um an interesting story about a guy who you had an experience with at the end <laughs> At the end of a date when you'd had a little bit too much to drink. So do you want to talk us through that and then I can share um, one of mine? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So I'd gone on a date with this guy. I think we'd met on Tinder, so mm-hmm. hadn't met before. Um, yeah. And I think as soon, pretty much as soon as we arrived, we kind of done like introduction, whatever. It was quite clear we weren't super into each other. Like mm-hmm. there wasn't a massive spark, mm-hmm. but he was nice. And we were like, well, should we just have a few drinks, have a good time, whatever, sort of don't mm-hmm. waste the night. Um, we ended up having a few drinks, not enough to be like drunk or, or I wasn't mm-hmm. drunk anyway. Um, <laughs> and then he definitely was. So he was yeah. like swaying. He was not oh, no. there all there. Um, so I was like, listen, there's cabs outside. I'm going to go home. I live down the road. I'll walk. It's fine. See you later. And he was like, no, I will walk you home. I insist. And I was like, no, at this point, like if something happens, I'll be defending you. So I don't need you to. It's fine. And he was like, 
no, 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 let me walk you home. Da, 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 so, so fine. So we get to the, like, it's literally five minutes to my house. So we get to my house. He sort of stood <laughs> on my doorstep and he's sort of sidestepping. And I was oh, like, oh, God. God, what's he doing? So I was like, do you do you want to, like, do you need a toilet or are you okay? And he was like, yeah, yeah, I'm fine, I'm fine. And he just sort of stood there and he had light washed jeans on. <laughs> and he wet himself. And oh it was just God. so visible because his jeans were so light blue. And he just <laughs> stood there and didn't acknowledge it. <laughs> what? So he's just stood in front of you, wet himself on your doorstep, and he's just not not brought it up? No, just not not even, like, and then he went to hook me goodbye, and I was like, no, I don't think so. Oh, Alice, no. So I was just like, listen, bye. Walked in and, like, like into my house and closed the door and, like, screamed because I was like, what has just happened? <laughs> Um, and my flatmates calmed uh, down and I sort of told them and they were like oh my god it's almost like did he even realize like he was he that drunk that he didn't even realize what's going that's on that's what you worry isn't it <laughs> oh my god oh that reminds me of a story so I was dating a guy um let's just call him Alex and he was telling me a story so this this actually didn't happen to me but it's one that it's one of those ones that becomes an urban legend and mm. everyone sort you tell to all your friends and that kind of thing but he um he had a new flatmate move into his house and um it was a girl he said she was lovely really liked getting to know her and everything and then one night it was the middle of the night you know like 2 a.m and mm. he woke up to the sound of what he thought was marbles rolling around on the floor and and he okay. woke up and put the light on and he sees the new roommate facing the wall squatting down just just <gasps> having a piss on the floor <gasps> in his room squatting and peeing oh in his God. room and he was obviously like just speechless he says hello like what are you doing she's sleepwalking <gasps> and yeah she sleepwalked into his room opened the door squatted and peed <laughs> on the floor and then just get gets up walks out and goes back to bed and the next oh morning he's God. he's dreading going down to the kitchen he's like I can't face this girl he comes down she's cooked pancakes she's like morning you're right um I've made pancakes and had absolutely no memory of it oh and so God. From then on, he never, he never told her because he didn't want her to be oh. embarrassed, and he just got a lock <laughs> on the door so she couldn't do it again. <laughs> oh, bless him! I know, and he was like, she wasn't even drunk; like she just came oh, into the no. room, squatted, did away, and then left. And I was oh. like, you are such an angel for never. Like, imagine if someone told you you'd done that and had no clue. Like, oh, maybe God. Alice, maybe you or I have done that before, and our housemates have <gasps> just never told us. Don't say that. <laughs> I'd have to move out. I'd fully have to leave. <laughs> Honestly, it's so humiliating. But oh God, I mean, we've all been there. We've all had a few drinks, and I mean, I know I have. <laughs> done, done a Charlotte from Geordie Shore and, and wet the bed, all that kind of thing. But, oh, but yeah, so this brings us to our left on red round, which um, is, is named so because being left on red makes us question everything about ourselves. And mm. um, I've asked everyone on Instagram and um, the listeners to reach out with their questions because we've got a dating specialist on the line, lovely Alice, <laughs> um, to help us in a little bit of an agony art segment. The first one we've got through is what's the dating scene like comparing where you're from to where you are now? So I think this one was directed at 
me personally. Mm. But I think when I was living in Australia, I had a boyfriend for five years. So I never really dabbled in the dating scene while I was living yeah. over there. But from from what I hear, I think when, when you're from a smaller town, dating mm. is a little bit more serious back home. Like if you're going out yeah. with someone, it's, it's not like it is in London. London's this weird bubble where everyone you know, stays young until they leave and kind of Literally. stays in this non-committal, non-serious, like crazy place where you can go out, meet someone, have a great time, go and have a shag. And then sort of that's the end of that. And it's quite normal. Literally. Whereas in your hometowns, I think gossip is is rife and it's it's quite different to that. But, but where are you from originally? So I'm from a place between Manchester and Liverpool up north. So mm-hmm. a place called Warrington. Mm-hmm. And yeah, mm-hmm. I agree. I completely agree. I think if you're going to date well, if I was going to date there, which I have done, you've got to accept that you're going to date someone you went to school with. And yeah, exactly. you've got to accept that people are going to talk. Um, and when you break up, yep. people are going to talk and there's much more of an expectation mm-hmm. that you're going to settle down. Mm, yeah, I think that's definitely the same as um, in Melbourne, where I'm from. But but yeah, I think dating in London, it's so different and always changing. Mm. And it's sometimes it can even be quite transactional, which is something we've spoke about mm. on previous podcasts. But um, the great thing is as well, is that you can meet someone who is from a t- totally different walk of life yeah. and get to know them and their story. And yeah, I think as you said, you'll end up dating someone in your hometown that you did go to school with, which isn't necessarily a bad thing, yeah. but it is a little bit more serious when there's that um, that sort of pressure mm. coming from um, outer sources. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And I think like you say as well, it's a thing of like, you're not maybe going to meet in London, you are unlikely to meet someone from exactly the same place that you're from, unless you're from a big city. The dating at home is just a lot smaller, maybe just a lot more intimate people know and people's parents know and there's just gossip in all different kinds of circles I feel like it's a lot of pressure so I'm kind of enjoying being far away from all of that and kind of having um yeah having autonomy to do whatever I want um so um our next question is how do we avoid feeling shame about past experiences do you think I think this one's really hard and I think you've Mm. got it's not pleasant like you've got to look at where the root of that shame comes from and I think that's not easy and I think I know I've had stuff that I've worked through with and I've sometimes turned to friends about and I've sometimes turned to like a therapist about and I think it's ultimately good for you and it will ultimately benefit you in the future but I think actually you've got to sort of do the work and I think it's really hard it's not pleasant and but actually ultimately when you do it you'll probably end up feeling much much better about yourself agree and I think looking to the root of feeling that shame is really important as well and alongside sort of doing the work um, for yourself I think a lot of people have gotten in touch with me about the podcast and and the fact that it is it is a fun podcast Mm. and it is all like a bit of a laugh and stuff but um yeah a couple of people have said that it's become a bit more than that for them because it sort of normalizes those um shameful experiences or experiences that they felt to be Mm. shameful when actually everyone is kind of living these experiences and and kind of living the same sorts of experiences but maybe if you feel shame about something you don't speak about it with your friends and you don't speak about it with the people you love so you can't relate and you can't sort of have a laugh and like you know take things with a grain of salt because you you get wrapped up in your own head and your own psyche and you just kind of you know lock things away because you might feel ashamed of them or think there's something to be embarrassed about when when really we're all doing the mm-hmm. same thing and if we can normalize it 
and talk about our experiences it can be quite liberating Mm, for sure and I think there is power in that sort of me too aspect of having podcasts like Mm. this because I think if you're hearing other people talk openly and people can see themselves reflected in that it is definitely it's definitely powerful I think it can empower other people to talk about their own experiences Mm. so the next question we had was how do you know when it's the right time to make a move on someone so I think this for me is especially hard now that I'm not drinking because it's quite easy I mean I would I would consider it quite easy I don't know about everyone else (laughs) out there if you've had a couple of drinks you've got the social lubricant (laughs) in and you know it's a lot easier to sort of jump someone's bones and plant a kiss on them if, if you're feeling the time is right but yeah it's sober dating I'm finding it really hard to know when the moment is coming you overthink mm. everything I'm I'm like do they want to kiss me like they're moving closer like is, is this what's going to happen whereas when your inhibitions are low from from alcohol you just sort of dive right in and, and that kind of thing but what would you say how how would you know when it's the right time to make a move on I someone? think this can be like so hard and like you say there's no sort of one size fits all answer for everybody <laughs> and I'm a massive wuss yeah. so like until I know for sure I'm like oh no no can't do it <laughs> yeah um but I think if like the chat's going well like you're sat if you're sat down sat very close if you're stood sort of stood very close I think Mm -hmm. it's sort of fairly safe to assume and if you're unsure maybe sort of go halfway test the waters if you're not met it's fine nothing's lost just dip a toe (laughs) dip a little toe in the water and move closer and that kind of thing yeah I feel like that's good advice. I'm, I'm going to take that on maybe, yeah, just go 50%. Yeah. <laughs> see if you're mad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, I love that. Um, and this was one that we had from a, another listener. How do we educate men on how hard it is to make a woman orgasm? So this one is a really interesting question. It's quite a woke question mm. and I'm glad someone's asked it because I would really, I, I honestly don't even know where to start with this question so it's luckily we've got the specialist on (laughs) on the line um what would you say um for this one I think when we think about talking about sex and things that are lacking perhaps in our sex life we think we're going to offend another person when in reality it will help Mm. them so I think you can either in the bedroom you can either show someone like what you need to get there or even just Mm. talking about it outside the bedroom just sort of have like have a sit down like if you're having like a bit of a sexy chat or whatever normalize conversations about clitorises and things like that because that's what most like most women need in order to orgasm and also is what's usually left Mm. out but if someone doesn't know then they can't they can't help you they can't do it and actually they probably want to yeah exactly and I think porn has a massive Mm. influence on it as well I think like there's not enough representation in porn and probably the porn that men are choosing to watch um yeah no that's really good advice I think just having that open conversation but it can be really difficult for people sometimes so I mean if it's someone that you're with and you trust and that kind of thing then yeah hopefully that makes things a little bit easier so the next question we had this one is such a (laughs) subjective question (laughs) and I mean it it, um, really depends on the situation but why do people cheat the question was actually why do men cheat but I don't think I don't think that was fair so why do people cheat um I think like you say this is like a super subjective question and people do cheat for different reasons but I think for some people the grass just is always greener on the other side so the idea of wanting what you have until you've got it and we are we do live in such a visual time now we have Instagram um, and things like that we everybody's life looks much better than our own and I think mm. also it's quite easy to cheat 
um, now. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, you can do it and not be found out. I just think, I, but I think as well, I would always say if you've been cheated on, it's not you. It's, it is to do with them. A hundred percent. And I think as well, what you just said about it being more easy and more accessible, we sort of touched on this in last week's podcast about sugar dating mm. and the amount of guys, when I was doing some research on seeking arrangements, the amount of men that had married but looking in yeah. their profile was just shocking to me. I think, and as I said last time on the podcast, cheating seems to be in my head at least something that happens accidentally mm. but there's a lot of people out there that are like you said the grass is always greener and they're looking looking for that sort of um change in their life which was quite shocking to me but um mm. yeah I guess as we said it's so subjective and people cheat for all different kinds of reasons mm. and I think people are cleverer about it now you know you can compartmentalize mm. your life you can hide messages you can take a ring off yeah 100 percent. and my ex said something interesting when the months had gone by after what happened and I sort of said why did you do that like what actually made you do that and he said something really interesting that sort of stayed with me and and it sort of um made it was a little bit uh gaslighty made me feel like Mm -hmm. uh, it was somehow my fault but um he said that he was never ready to commit to me and he Mm -hmm. felt like if he didn't commit to me then he would have lost me And so it's sort of like having your cake and eating it too, like kind of, yeah, committing to me just because then he'd have me all to himself type thing and Mm. then, yeah, still just going out and doing what he wanted to do. So, yeah, I guess it is is quite a selfish decision. Mm. 100% because it's like you can't have anyone else but – I I will have you and others. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's such a strange, yeah, such a strange feeling. But so this is our final question. And um, this one was from a girl who submitted it through Instagram. What is your advice on feeling sexy in the bedroom with a new partner? Dot, dot, dot. I'm nervous. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> Yeah, so this was um, quite a good question, mm. and especially um, again, I know I'm going back to it. I sound like a broken record with the sober thing. Mm. This is this has been really hard for me because I think yeah, we've always got, and I, again, I sound like a broken record. Um, alcohol is that social lubricant. It it sort of takes the pressure off a little bit. It makes things feel a bit less clunky mm. and a bit a bit awkward. But um, what would you say? What's your best advice on feeling sexy with a new partner? I think um, never like underestimate the power of like new underwear. I feel like new underwear is all always good so if you're feeling good uh, if you're looking good you'll probably feel yeah. quite good even if they don't notice or whatever because I think boys can be useless for that but we move um, <laughs> and I think um if you are really nervous about it try initiating kind of sex if you trust the person obviously you've got to have full trust mm. try initiating mm-hmm. sexy chat with them kind of beforehand either over text or in person mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. sort of ease yourself in just so when you're kind of in the either in like in the bedroom or wherever um and it's mm-hmm. it starts you're not feeling like oh my god it's happening like it's beginning and it can be a bit strange as well especially if it's with a with a friend or with someone um that you've sort of um fallen into a relationship mm. with and you haven't been there before it can be I don't know if you've seen on friends when Rachel and Joey yeah. end up together and she just <laughs> laughs she just laughs yeah and I'm like that's so so relatable because and sometimes I think um I've definitely been there in the past with with a friend from Australia we were friends for so long um back home and then he moved over here and there was a time when we finally kissed we're at a festival and then it it started escalating I was like this is this is wrong like this feels like Luke and Leia I'm like we need to just stop and then and then we just started laughing about and having a chat I'm like this is how you know that it's men and women can be friends because we're both just like this is gross yeah 100% (laughs) I know I hooked up with a friend 
when I first moved to London and it like sort of started and then I just wouldn't stop talking and he was like Alice shut up mm. like stop talking <laughs> and I was like sorry I'm just like this feels really weird oh god well um that's all the questions we've had from everyone at home but um was there anything else that you wanted to say or a, no- a note that you wanted to leave it on no I think it's just um I think it's so positive like having conversations like this like I've loved speaking to you thank you for having me on and I think having conversations like this does just create like a normality around it which I think is so positive and everyone does deserve to have the sex life of the relationships that they want to have so um talking about it only makes it better oh I love that so much <laughs> thank you so much for coming on the show this is this has been awesome and it's very exciting to um to yeah have someone with so much interesting insights and so much to to say for themselves so yeah thank you so much thank you <laughs> I hope you enjoyed my chat with Alice. Please let me know on my Instagram at madsworld.mp3 if you have any stories or thoughts of your own to share. Love and elbow taps. Peace. Serves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey. It's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com.